Hello and welcome to the Hotel Marketing Show. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things hotel marketing. We're going to talk about things that are happening in the industry, insights, things that all hotel marketers or anybody that has an interest in hotel marketing wants to know about. My name is Victoria. And I'm Nadine. And we're the hosts of the Hotel Marketing Show. To kick off the podcast today, in this episode, we're going to be talking with Maurice, brand director at Citizen M, about building brands in the hotel industry. Awesome. Thank you so much, Maurice, for joining us today. It's such a pleasure to have you here. And of course, just to kind of kick things off, I would love to know a little bit more about you, or can you give us a little introduction to who you are, what you do, and we'll take it from there. Well, thank you both for having me. Yeah, Maurice, as you said, Maurice Janaku, brand director at Citizen M. I have been with, I'd say, part of the creative industry since 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 I studied. I, I'm a product engineer by trade, I would say, and quickly moved into the graphic design. So working for agencies as a graphic designer, mostly packaging, and then quickly went then into other industries from that. Went into textile at Flisco, working on brand development there. Flisco, an African Dutch company, and then working at Diageo in communications. And after that, making my way to Citizen M, but always being, I would say, in every role I've had, the goal is really about building brands and really, you know, telling those stories about brands next to that. I do, I've, I have a podcast of my own association. I do also now bi-weekly with, with Emma Hooper, a friend of mine, where we just talk about what interests us. <laughs> it's very broad. It can go. I love that. It, <laughs> it, it can go from Netflix series to the meme we've seen to, I don't know, to our opinions about Mark Zuckerberg. So that's kind of where we kept it open to just ba it's basically a venting opportunity for the both of us to say our opinions. Uh, awesome. I'm going to put I'm, I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes so that everybody can find it because I, I don't think you can give an intro like that and us not link to it. <laughs> so it depends. So I mean, you know, this week we're more on the branding side, let's say, which is quite funny with it being part of the show now. But uh, yeah, but it's just our venting moment. And um, yeah, and a proud father of two lovely daughters, I would say, which is which is my life's work. I'm not done with that. I've just started that life's work and I still got many years to go. I'd say until they're 18 and then I might stop then, but let's see. <laughs> but we How take it from they? there. Uh, they're seven and nine. Yeah, okay. seven and nine turning eight and 10 in a, in, in a few months. So halfway there. Oh, <laughs> halfway there, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see when they leave the house. <laughs> yeah, I think people staying at home longer and longer. So maybe uh, 18 is a bit optimistic. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Let's see. Let's see how that goes. Awesome. And so then a, a question that we like, uh, we love to ask everybody is what's your hobby or what's your biggest hobby? So this could be something that you started recently or something you've been doing forever. What would you say is your, your hobby? <laughs> well, if you were to ask my family and I'd say my wife, they say I have yearly hobbies. It, it really is. I can't stick to one thing. I mean, you know, during the whole pandemic, I all of a sudden was this cyclist and I just do every day. I would cycle. I would just went like, I would like, I don't go 10%. Like if I do something, I go hundred percent, right. Or 200%. So I went all out with the cycling to a moment where I pulled a muscle and I was out and I was like, Oh God, I'm not doing that again. But year long, I was just focused on that. Even so started got all the professional gear as well. You've fully yeah, but, equipped. I mean, I really used it well. And I even started a cycling club or I helped someone start a cycling club. You know, then I go all in. Right now, I would say, what's my hobby? <laughs> I recently moved to another neighborhood and uh, we decided to start a wine club. See, this is just me. It's Ooh. just like I need to go all out. 
you know, and then, nice. you know, kind of, kind of professionalize <laughs> the, the wine drinking. But yeah, my hobby. <laughs> yeah, I just enjoy, I just enjoy having good time with friends and people I know. I'd say that's my most, my biggest hobby, to be honest, because that was also the fun bit about cycling was connecting with people, to be honest. Yeah. I was just about to say, it sounds like you're a connector. You're one of those people that... It's, yeah. what, it's what I enjoy the most, I would say. So in everything I've done, it's always about, in the end, you know, great conversations, connecting, learning from each other. So whatever the hobby is, that's always my end goal. That's awesome. We had somebody on the podcast, one of our like earlier episodes, Philip from Online Birds, and he was <laughs> building a wine cellar like in his uh, house. So, uh, I mean, maybe you can make like a, make a connection with him as well and get yeah, on, on that wine. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's definitely another end goal. And, but you know, at the moment I just have a huge fridge, I would say, and, and hopefully one day we'll have the wine cellar if, if the building permits it, but wow. <laughs> oh, I'd love to connect with him on that one. I'd like to see how he's doing that. Yeah, we need to ask him for some progress pictures or see see so. where that journey ended up now. Yeah, if the wine yeah. cellar is full or empty, you know, all of these kind of things. <laughs> but, but it's always difficult in Holland to build in the ground, to be honest, because, you know, I mean, I'm right next to water here. So just that, just getting that sorted apparently is a lot of headache. So I don't know if I want to yeah, go from that. You don't want to end up flooding the place. You know, just exactly, you want exactly. And then there, there you see your wine floating away into <laughs> the, you know, into the river, which is not yeah. what you want. No, definitely not. But I love that with the hobbies. I think, well, Victoria and me were always talking as well about what our hobbies are. And I'm kind of like this repetitive hobbyist, if you could say, like, I have this hobby and then I kind of, you know, grow a little tired of it. And then all of a sudden I have this newfound passion for it. And then I just restart it or say I restart it. So, yeah, <laughs> that's good. So you have different, different hobbies every year, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, you, you, you just nice. you just focus on what interests you. I think it only makes you, you learn a lot, it keeps things interesting than just doing the same thing for the rest of your life. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah my new yeah. hobby is I just, I downloaded a Pokemon game on the Switch and I feel like I'm like, it's like a throwback <laughs> to my childhood. Like sometimes I feel really guilty about doing like a hobby that's not like productive, but then I was like, I don't have like a hobby is for me. Like I think I can like play Pokemon that counts. <laughs> <laughs> It does. It does. It does. I've never played it, to be honest. Oh, it's great. It's a good, it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Another question we have for you is what you wish to see in the hospitality industry in 2023? I know we're in March, so we already got like almost one quarter into the year. But for the other three quarters, what is something that you wish or hope to see? It's a difficult question. What I wish to hope to see. Look, I think what's been great about the hospitality industry or the hotel industry was, you know, the fact that it rebounded so quickly after everyone, you know, after the whole pandemic. So I think that was, of course, a wish for everyone. And we've gotten there. What I would say is what, well, you know, it's quite funny because I work for a hotel brand. And of course, the, the higher the ADR for your room, the better it is for you as a business, right? So actually, I'm going to say something that counters that business side of me in the sense that, you know, what you are hearing is that, you know, the, the hospitality or the travel industry is becoming a lot more expensive, also especially with inflation and so forth, that, you know, what I would love to see is where it goes back, not necessarily to being, you know, cheap, but that it becomes still, but it becomes affordable for everyone again. And why I say that is because I really do believe that you gain knowledge, you gain, you know, you grow yourself as a person by traveling. 
And therefore, I would feel it a shame that if we keep on going on this upward trend of the hotel and travel industry becoming much more expensive and maybe being less accessible at the moment, people still have a bit more disposable income, which they say, so that's fine. People are spending it, but will it come to a point where they can't anymore? That's a shame, you know? So I would love to see that the industry is aware of that and also kind of, you know, makes it a point to facilitate and not only think about always, you know, reaching the peak ADR, but also still being affordable for, you know, those who don't necessarily have so much disposable income to still travel and see the world. And that for me is definitely something I'd love to see in 23 is that kind of like refocus on how do we, you know, how can we become a gateway to the world for, for, for the global community? Yeah, I love how you said that. And I also really think that's something that, well, I hope to see as well. I think talking to different individuals from the hospitality industry, revenue managers, or in general, from the perspective of a hotel you often hear, oh, we hope ADR keeps up this high and mm -hmm. all of this. But I think what you just brought into play is a whole different side of looking at it, which is just as important, actually being able to travel, enabling people that they can gather experiences again after COVID. Sure. Just, you know, yeah, being able to experience this lovely industry and make it affordable to everyone. Yeah, yeah affordable, balance. not cheaper. That's that's the yeah. most. And, and with Citizen M, we also make that clear. It's not about being cheap; it's about being affordable, right? And that's yeah. that's a, that's a constant dynamic of what affordable means in that front. But it needs to be affordable for individuals. That's cool. I love that. Yeah, that like definition as well. Affordable, not cheap. I think finding that balance between yeah, still making money as a hotel, but then remaining accessible for for your guests as well. I think it's really cool. correct. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, and I think just on like a little side note, which is not off topic, but on topic, but not the next question. But I think also if prices keep rising and rising, people have way higher expectations of what they expect during their stay. Right? If I end up paying 300 euros a night instead of, let's say, 150, I expect this 300 euro level of service. And if I then enter a hotel which has 150 euro level service, then you get this kind of discrepancy where travelers are just going to be unhappy and then reviews Correct. and all of this kind of, it goes into this negative cycle. Yeah, agree. I mean, you already see it in like some of the, uh, some of the reviews you get, you know, that that's the case. So definitely. Yeah. So, awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, so today we're going to be talking about brands and building a hotel brand or building a strong brand in the hotel industry so maybe what we can do to start with is maybe we can make sure that everyone's on the same page about what a brand actually is like what is is it just the fonts and the colors like how how do you actually define what a brand is i mean i define a brand i always say it's about the emotional connection if i start there and what i mean by that is a font and a color is fine and that's a logo right so any product or service can have a logo, but not every product or service has a brand. There are a lot of services and products out there that don't aren't necessarily a brand. They're a service or a product. And in my definition of a brand is where it goes a bit more deeper, where you also create, you know, a certain connection with your audience. It actually stands for something. A brand is where you can take away the logo and people can still recognize it, right? Be it the feeling they get, right? So take Citizen M, where I work at the moment, right? And we liken, you know, a brand to a living thing or living, breathing thing because it's, it, you know, so liken it to a human being, you know, where you have certain values, you have the way you look and stuff, but it's also who you are on the inside, right? You know, there could be an individual that I 
looks almost like me. But, you know, the brand Maurice is not necessarily what you see on the outside, but it's also how you interact with me and how I am and the values I have and so on. And that is, I think, also what I believe a brand is. So, again, there are a lot of service companies and, 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 and products that, in my viewpoint, don't necessarily have a brand because the moment you take away what people deem the brand, which is the logo, it's unrecognizable. There is no connection. You can't put your finger to what that brand is. And that's only when a brand is successful is when you can do that, I would say. That's also so good. <laughs> yeah, I think also if you think about the, that there's so much noise out there right now that sometimes it gets confusing, right? And if you don't really have a strong brand, it's very, very easy for people to just forget you because they don't have this emotional connection or they don't remember something particular or specific. So actually having that is probably one of the most important things in today's day and age. Yeah, no, no, definitely. It's, it's, it's again, you know, I believe the brand doesn't stop at the brand guideline book, right? Because that, and, and funny enough, a brand guideline book is not a brand guideline book. It's really just a logo guideline book, right? So a lot of companies have a brand guideline book, and, but it's just a logo or font guideline book because the brand goes deeper. The brand goes with how, you know, how do you talk to your public? How do people who work for you, right? So if you work in the fashion store or you work in, you know, clothing store or in a hotel and so on, how do the colleagues of yours that work on the floor interact with the customer, right? That is also an extension of your brand. And if you don't do that well, you're not going to, you know, it, 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 people will have a different, a different sense of what that brand is, right? And, and, and it's, it doesn't we do that with our ambassadors, right? That's who we hire to represent our brand. And we call them ambassadors. We don't call them front, front of house staff or whatever. They're ambassadors because they're ambassadors of our brand. They are the connection they are between our customers and ourselves as a brand, you know? So they're the beating heart of who we are. So, so de definitely, definitely it's, it's, it's a lot more than that. And if your experience is not, if the experience you're getting is not on brand, yeah, people will forget you very easily. Yeah. A question that I think leads quite nicely into this. And of course, feel free to answer or not, depending on your <laughs> feelings here. But could you give us a little insight of what some of your favorite brands are in the hospitality industry? I find this a very difficult question to answer because, again, for me, a brand is more than just, you know, what I see on a computer screen or a piece of paper. It's also the experience I have. So, A, I'd only be able to answer this question with the brands that I literally have experienced, not as a professional, but as a consumer. So, for me, yeah, it, yeah it, what's my favorite brand in, in, in the hotel industry besides Second the one I work for? question, and we're already tripping you up. <laughs> besides the one I'm working for, right? I'm not allowed to talk about Citizen M. No, I, I think, look, I within the hotel industry, I think a lot more the brands that you connect with on a personal front for me would be, I mean, I look a lot in the hotel industry at the luxury portfolios, right? I look at hotels like Bunyan Tree and Six Sense and so on, you know, that I've experienced because it goes further than just that stay. There's a lot more during my stay there where then a lot remains in my head about that stay that it's, it's, it's much more an experience, I would say, further. So those are brands that I, that I definitely enjoyed, but yeah. I actually do find this a very difficult question. I think I learned from different brands. So, you know, I look at something like 
the Good Time Hotel in Miami, right? I haven't stayed there, but I visited it. And just that experience of walking around that hotel and seeing what they've done and kind of how they market and how they, you know, work with Pharrell Williams, I think was unique. I look at Feina, the hotel, which is just a classic hotel. It's just, you know, I mean, some people might think it's very Peach, but I just think it's, yeah, I just think it's just an amazing hotel just walking there and that experience and how they use color and so on. So I don't have a favorite one. I would say I look at different hotel brands and I get certain cues from there that gets me excited either professionally or personally. So I can't answer your question because I don't have one favorite brand. I have, I look at different, all the brands for at different values for what I feel that they give me as a as as a brand right on my personal or as a professional nice that's i love that answer it's very very like a politician answer as well (laughs) (laughs) i would yeah but it's but it is difficult because yeah because you know also yeah yeah that was quite funny because also your preference changes as you grow as a person as well right so what i thought was exciting possibly 10 15 years ago and thought was an exciting brand i i don't feel the same now, right? You know, I was talking this this morning with someone about about Ramoa, you know, the the luggage brand, right? And and the question, I think it's an amazing brand. I love what they do, but I would never buy their brand. You know, I'm more of an away suitcase because I'm much more about affordable luxury, which is kind of what we do at Citizen M, right? I don't feel the I don't feel for me that's not a price point I would buy for a piece of suitcase, but away does fulfill that. So, you know, is Ramoa my favorite brand? It it's a brand I look up to, but the brand I don't buy, but the brand I do buy is Away Suitcase, which is kind of an exciting brand. That's really, yeah. I just like what you're just saying there about the luxury and the brands that you like as well. I was just thinking about how you mentioned some like more kind of luxury travel brands as well. And this isn't an unprepared <laughs> question. So if, if you don't have an answer, don't stress. I'll just it's cut fine, it out. It's fine. Do you think that the strong brands, do you think that that has to be like associated with these bigger hotels or like more luxurious hotels like we took you talked a bit about the experience on site but also not just like the visual identity of the brand but like the experience on site do you think that that is just related to luxury brands or just that luxury brands already like place an emphasis on it like how do you see that i think luxury brands are more prone to do it and and we learn from that and i also for example look at you know citizen which isn't considered a luxury brand but we do a lot of we do a lot of things that these luxury brands do on a cues and what i mean by that is again you know when you're going to go buy a 10,000 you know or you know when you're going to spend 10,000 to stay at a hotel for for a week you know again to your to your point Nadine, earlier was your expectations are way high so, you know, that towel, moist towel you get when you arrive better have a scent of, you know, of mint mixed with a bit of pomegranate and, and a hint of hibiscus. I don't know. But that's an expectation you have, right? If you don't get that, you're like, hey, what am I paying for here? So I think it's an expectation with that luxury piece. And 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 also, again, you know, and they have the the cost of goods versus you know the profit they make is a lot of how the margins are higher and therefore they're able to do those extra pieces but i think what's great is learning from that as possibly a mid-sized hotel and and doing that as well i think you're a lot more flexible being a lot more of an independent company than part of a larger group i think being part of a larger group again you know there's a lot more focus on you know on a lot more the revenue play was if you're an independent player you have a bit more flexibility on that front where again it's about that you know, the intangible elements 
not everything has to lead straight to revenue, put it that way. But again, that experience you have for those luxury hotels, what you remember is not necessarily the logo, but the experience you had during your stay. And that's the brand, right? So they're investing on that piece of the branding, right? Which isn't necessarily, oh, we're going to put a fancy logo up. I mean, a lot of them have amazing logos, but in the end, it's an experience that is the investment they're doing on their brand and the experience, right? And then in the end, also ensuring you come back and you leave and you talk stories about it. Because again, I would say the most influential marketing is, is referral, but not referral through referral marketing, but referral through your friends, colleagues, and family, right? Those are the strong When If I were to tell a friend, you have to go here, the chance is much bigger. They will, because we're very much alike in our, in what we want. And therefore I've already done, you know, 90% of the marketing for that company. I was actually staying at a hotel the other, well, a couple of weeks ago. And I was not, I didn't have high hopes. Like this was just really a practical thing, right? I was like, okay, this is fine. And then I got so excited because I walked into the room and they had all these little amenities, which I really didn't expect, you know, because again, for the price I was paying, I didn't expect it. So I was completely like happily surprised. So now I will definitely refer this to friends and family. And I think this is actually quite a good example of what you just mentioned as well. Nadine loves amenities. That's like <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I love Citizen the ones you can take. Ah, uh, yes. So I don't know if Citizen is the right one for you. Wall. I don't know if Citizen is the right one for you. But we, I mean, but you know what? What I love about Citizen is also the fact that we, you know, for us it is also about that experience piece. It also is about we we know the audience you're getting right. It also, the expectation of, of of your consumer at that point are you there for leisure? Are you with family? Are you there for business? You know, we mostly. Well, we focus most of our business towards the business traveler, and it's really, you know, the the feedback we get about about the stay is fantastic. From you know the the living room feel to the bedroom, but also what is the first and foremost piece that gets reviewed and gets positive review is our ambassadors, the people you meet. Because again, when you're on business travel, you're mostly alone, and you want to connect with people, right? So we make that possible with our ambassadors in, in the hotel, which I miss, if I'm honest, I miss in a lot of other hotels, and I won't mention names. <laughs> That's so good. So another question for you. What's one of the biggest mistakes that you see when it comes to branding? Ah, <laughs> to branding specifically, you're asking. Well, brand, branding. <laughs> one, I think, is copy-paste. You know, I think there was maybe four, four or five years ago, there was a, that whole discussion around a lot of luxury brands all basically going for the same font. I think it was maybe Futura or whatever it was and kind of taking away the uniqueness with, within the font. So I think it's about, I think it's about hopping too much, seeing something saying, oh, we need to do that and not asking yourself, yeah, but what is that for us? Right. So looking at another brand who does something instead of going, we're going to copy that going, well, what is you know, what is our version of that and challenging ourselves on that. So I think it's not taking that and branding, not taking risks, trying to be too, it's not necessarily politically correct, but trying to please everyone. I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes you do is sometimes you feel like you need to please everyone in what you do. And sometimes actually not pleasing everybody and sticking to your guns is actually much more stronger for you as a brand. So, you know, are you a brand that, you know, that only uses English? Well, if you really stand by that and in countries where I say, no, you have to do it. Yeah. Well, why, why do you, 
you know? And I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes is that a lot of brands try and please everyone. And the time we're living in the social media era, unfortunately, has kind of made that be. Because again, if, you know, the smallest group has a loudest voice now, right? Especially where, where there's complaints. So, you know, previously when there was no social media, you wouldn't actually hear it that often. But now, you know, everyone's afraid of that one person saying something about them. So they're trying to please everyone. And that's for me, is very important as a brand to also stick with your guns because that's what makes you unique as a brand. I love that. I think the digital presence thing is such an interesting thing, like how that's changed as well and how like one, yeah, like you're saying, like one person's voice can have like a big impact because I, I was actually looking for, I'm doing a cycling holiday. I'm going to go like cycling around. So mm-hmm. throw back to your hobby, your previous <laughs> hobby. But, and I was looking at hotels and then, I mean, this must be something that happens often, I'm sure. But there was a person who had created like multiple accounts just to basically like complain about this one mm-hmm. hotel. So it's like, it's one person with multiple accounts just making like, and it looks like a lot of noise yeah. because it's just like one person, but multiple multiple accounts. Yes. Bizarre. You know, we all fall. I mean, I, I, I would be lying if I would say, and you know, when, when it kind of all started that I didn't fall victim to this, you know, I would say, Oh, oh there's all oh, we need to do that. And we need to change that. Or we should be careful with that. And it's only in, in the matter, you know, as time went by, I realized going, is that really the case? And, and, and why am I doing this for whom, you know, for this one individual? Well, you know, there's 99 other individuals that are happy, you know, the 99 of the hundred if they're happy, aren't going to say anything. That's the annoying thing as well. When people are happy, they're less prone to give compliments than if they're displeased, you know? We as human beings are amazing at complaining, but we're very bad at giving compliments, right? So I think that that's something we also need to realize that, you know, for every complaint you get, there there are a hundred other silent compliments out there. Yeah, sometimes that like no news is good news kind of thing as well. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I think also the fact of like some complaints you see that just kind of go viral just because they're written in like a humorous way or something like this is also the danger of social media because people just repost things without really having experienced them themselves. And then Mm -hmm. it just kind of has this little snowball effect where like this tiny little snowflake ends up being such a snowball. So, yeah. No, no, correct. And for you, what is your favorite thing about working with brands, on brands, and branding. On brand, with brands. No, I think, no, it's twofold. One, I would say specifically to working on building brands is just having an opportunity to tell the stories and always trying to find unique ways to tell the story, right? I mean, my goal is always trying to do something new, different, well, not new, but doing it in in a different way specifically for that brand is just telling stories and seeing people get excited by it. That for me is just what, where I, why I wake up in the morning and do what I do. And, you know, and I also, you know, I advise friends with their brands and so on and what to do, because it's just, it's, it's so fun to kind of find ways to tell those unique stories and get other people excited. But the other side, which I think excites me even more is <laughs> being in the industry for so many years means that I have an opportunity to, to work with, with others in the, in, 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 all kinds of industry and, and especially when building in the creative industry and, and that just gives me so much energy is learning from them but also being a mentor and a leader to them so so helping them understand how to navigate the branding world and especially now because i you know i really think that 
you know, as as performance has become a much bigger word within not only hospitality and hotel industry, but across all industries, you know, it's it's all about performance marketing here or there. Plus this whole discussion around AI and, you know, everyone thinking, oh, now we don't need any creatives anymore because all we can do is say, put in what we want. I think helping them understand and navigating that and understanding how certain things can help them, understanding how the world's changing and how, you know, creativity will still play a pivotal role in all that. I would say that's where I get the greatest kick out of is when I see individuals in my team or, 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 or friends or people I've been introduced to, you know, blossoming through my advice and the guidance that I've given them, I would say, and, and making them really excited about building brands is just, you know, it's just amazing. And that, that, that's what gets me up in the morning for sure. That's really nice. That's, I think that's really cool. So I like wanting to pass on, yeah, pass on your knowledge and share that with people Correct. as well. And how do you measure like the impact of what you're doing, especially when you're like sharing with other people, you know, like about the importance of brand, like what are you, what are you telling them about like how they can measure the impact or the importance of, of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you measure the impact of brand? Yeah, it's a different one. I, you know, every company measures it differently, I would say, but I believe it's understanding also the impact it makes on revenue is very important, right? I think that in today's world, that's, you know, you can't hide from that anymore, but also educating others, right? So getting them to understand that sometimes what you do in brand is a long-term play. And that's where something like, you know, brand equity comes into play, right? That's that's slightly different measurement than saying, you know, we're going to create this creative and they have to bring in that revenue. But it's brand equity takes into play, you know, the 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 you know, what is that financial cost of this of, of this brand or of this company? But next to that, what is the role of the brand, but also the strength of the brand, right? So, you know, is it top of mind and taking those different things into consideration to measure that. I don't know if that's really answering your question, if that's a question you're asking. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a good one. And I think like, because so then on the flip side of that, if somebody's like, oh, how do I know if my brand needs work? You know, like, how do I know if I am, like, how do I, do I need to start from scratch or do I like keep building on on the current brand? Like, how would you kind of look at that as well? I would say it's about, it's about, you know, what well, you deem brand awareness, but it's also very broad. It's really about, comes back to my, one of the first points I raised is once you take away the logo from that creative or whatever you create, is it still recognizable? And if it isn't, then your brand needs a lot of work, right? Again, I always say, when I'm trying to get people to understand that, I always say, close your eyes and think of Apple, right? I think everybody almost has the same visualization of it, right? The same goes, and that's where I'm happy I'm working with Citizen M. I can literally, you know, blindfold anybody who's been to Citizen M and take them to a totally a different Citizen M at a different side, you know, on a, in a different country, take off the blindfold and they'll know it's Citizen M because we've taken that brand into the space you're living in. There are a lot of other hotel brands, not mention names, where I could blindfold you, put you in that hotel, and you would not know what the hotel is if you didn't see the logo. And I think that that's the unfortunate piece. And where those hotels do really well is, of course, yeah, they're, you know, the physical availability, they're all over the place. So they're going to be where you are and they have great, you know, or they have point schemes that, you know, keeps you a bit bound in there because you want to get that one holiday to the Maldives with your family. So no wonder you'll stay in this very, you know, very boring hotel. But, you know, but I think that that, that, that is the piece is, 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 is again, if, if, if you ask individuals, you know, 
what is this brand? And they can't tell you because there's just nothing unique about it. Your brand has a lot of work to, you, 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 then you haven't built a brand. You've built a service or a product, but not a brand. And you still have that, you know, you still have miles to go on building that brand. I was just curious because brand from everything you've said, everything we talked about, it seems like a, a really beautiful topic and a really beautiful space to work in, but also quite complex, right? Because you may have to make sure that all parts, all puzzle pieces kind of perfectly fit in. And if one thing doesn't fit in, then the whole thing can kind of get a little bit diluted. So how do you make sure that every team is aligned on your brand? Education, education, education. The most important piece in, 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 in being a, a brand evangelist within your company is educating everyone on that and actually sometimes being i won't use any profanity being you know being the being the bodyguard or being the guardian you know going and saying no that's not on brand and you know sometimes you know people sometimes won't like that and and you know i think and and to your point <laughs> if you ask everyone to put together a financial report for xyz whatever you know, a lot of us are going to say, we can't do that, right? Because it's, it, you know, it's basically equations and whatnot and all that, you know, I mean, I'm the last person to try and understand how to do an equation for building a bridge. I don't know, whatever it is, or financial reports or whatever, but everybody thinks they know branding. That's the, that's also the most annoying piece for everyone within that, within, within our industry is that, you know, branding is such a, yeah, everyone thinks they know branding because they've all experienced it as consumers. Oh, but I know what a great hotel brand is, or I know, you know, because I buy Apple, I know what cool is. Right. And that I think is a lot of challenge for people within the branding industry is also having to face other individuals who think they know it better than them, but hasn't, you know, gone through the track record. Yeah. Cause I guess like, that's probably one of the things that's like the most visual and the most like experienced parts of it. So everyone's probably got an opinion on it because they yeah think that they know what they see or think that they know what's going on. So yeah. yeah and yeah. And that's always, <laughs> and that's always the thing is everyone has an opinion and I've, you know, I've had years of training on how to react to that. And so it's like, thank you for your input. I'll take it in consideration. And then you take it from there. But but, but, I, but 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 I do listen to it, right? I think yeah. everybody has valid input, but you also need to be able to give it a place within the whole. And it's, yeah, it's, it's maybe the most criticized and it's difficult. I see a lot of creative sometimes being challenged because they feel like I've been trained so many years for this, but, you know, this person from that department is now giving, giving their opinion, but what do they know? And then you have to balance it. Well, they do know because they're getting it from their point of view. They can, and then you have to kind of balance those two things out and learn from each other. Yeah, I think that's a really like important point as well because like knowing which feedback to actually listen to or which opinions to listen to because like obviously like you know the brand isn't designed to appeal to like absolutely everybody otherwise it would probably appeal to nobody. So actually being able to dissect like the feedback and be like, oh actually this is really like important like valid feedback versus just like. Oh yeah, that's nice to hear that you. Yeah, thanks yeah. for sharing that with me. You know, what I always tell what I always tell within the within the branding creative community is always always ask questions, right? So when someone comes with an opinion, find ways to ask questions to go even more deeper, deeper, and deeper. What happens then is when you go, okay, but why are you saying that? But what was your experience when that happened? But uh, no, but but and do you feel this? 
the more you ask, the person actually coming with the opinion can possibly, and you can end the conversation going, the person going, oh, well, actually, maybe I don't know that. Maybe you are the victim, you know? So if you keep on asking the questions and listening is when you actually come to the real core of what that opinion is and where that opinion is based from. That's really cool. I love that you're like, yeah, asking the questions to kind of get to the root of it, but then also helping them <laughs> to see like, yeah, like what they're saying as well. I think that's a really correct. cool approach to that. Correct, correct. So there's two more questions that I wanted to, or that we sure. wanted to ask you today. So I think often, you know, like these dedicated brand roles, you know, there's not necessarily a dedicated brand role in every hotel marketing team. Like if there is a marketer, hotel marketer with like a smaller team, how would you suggest that they incorporate like the important elements of brand into the role that they, that they have? Wow. That's a and, and they have no budget to hire someone specifically for brand, right? I'm just trying yeah. to, I'm, I'm trying to get yeah, the yeah. scenario so, here. I mean, like set the scene. So like some of the hotels that we work with, they have yeah. like one hotel marketer or there's like yeah. maybe one or two people, like with everything else that they have going on, like we know that brand is important. How does brand tie into, or how do you think that brand should tie into the strategy that they're working on or where they focus their energy? Wow. So uh, that's a good, good scenario. How do you do it if you don't have someone to help? Now, I think it's, you know, I mean, the best, sorry, I'm thinking about how to answer the question because I find it a good one because that, because, because my answer would naturally be hire someone who's really good at brand to help you build that. I mean, that, I think, I, I think there, there are a lot of experts out there that can help you. I think asking the public or asking your friends and getting feedback on that and understanding, you know, where they feel, but I, I think, you know, when you, if you have a small team, it's again about education. There are enough, you know, enough books, not necessarily, but there are enough, you know, material out there to help you along those steps. There, oof, what was that? I have it here, but it's, there's a one book that I do think I'm going to go into my bag very quickly, and, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, which I think, you know, I, if you're really just starting out and it's something where you need a lot of guidelines to do this, you know, there's this book called Brand the Change, which is, you know, which I think is a really good book to help you understand what branding is. And there's a lot of exercises in that. So if you're really asking, like, you know, if you don't have the means, how can you do it within the team you have? I think this is a good start and good material. But I think, you know, so having someone there outside of your company to give you that or outside of your hotel company to give you a bit of guidance is definitely also needed. And and peers within the industry, you'd be very surprised, I feel, within the hospitality and hotel industry, how many that were actually more friends than, than, than enemies. We, you know, there are a lot of other hotel brands out there where I, you know, I have lunches or, or dinners and I meet up with the, with the you know, the, the chief brand officer or the MD of creative or whatever. And we just exchange, you know, thoughts and we exchange, you know, so just to even you know people management how do you deal with this how do you deal with that and and that for me might actually be the book is great but sitting with others and learning from others i think will definitely be would definitely be your 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 way to do it so reach out you know linkedin or whatever and say hey do you have an hour for a coffee I would suggest to do it offline and in person because you get so much more deeper than online and uh, learn from others within the industry i mean hey Anybody can reach out to me and have a conversation. I'm always there to have a conversation to give my thoughts and guidance and thinking on that and, and, and direction on things. So I think that that's the best way to do it. 
I love that. I think that's so cool. I've definitely seen it in this industry where the people really are willing to share and want to help other people as well. I think this podcast is a great example of that as well, where people like have a lot of really good experience and good, you know, they're, they're willing to share that information. It's not like, oh no, I can't tell anybody how no. to do this. Like it's a secret. So I think, yeah, definitely can only echo what you're saying there. Where, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We all go through the same things, right? Yeah. But again, if we all create unique brands, it's not that we are going to copy each other, right? So, so I would, I'd say, you know, the MD of brand of, of the student hotel, Jason, you know, he's, he's, I would call him a friend now, you know, we meet regularly and we aren't telling each other's what we're doing, of course, <laughs> the secrets, but we're sharing our experiences and, oh, you know, how are you busy with this? Oh, you launched that. What was the idea behind that? Where did that come from? And where do you see that going? And, you know, where are your challenges? And, and I really appreciate that. And I learn as much from him as I hope he learns from me. Maybe I learn more from him. He doesn't get anything from me, but, but hey, but, but win-win for me, right? Yeah, he just hangs <laughs> he just out. Get the free coffee, free lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, that, <laughs> and, and that's for me the most, you know, yeah. And that, that for me is really the, is very important. I, you know, my network is all about learning and, uh, you know, and again, and I would say also from other industries, sometimes we, we stay within our bubble. And this is probably where I personally, I would say I'm very lucky is that I didn't start in the hotel industry, right? The citizen is my first and only hotel hospitality job I've ever done. I've worked, you know, for, like I said, the textile, the drinks industry and, and this and that, and, you know, advising here and there in totally other industries. And, and, and that is, I learn more from non hotel brands than I do from hotel brands, because if, you know, because if it's a fashion label that does this. Then the question always is, but how can I make that work for Citizen M? Which is a totally different service we offer, right? And that I think is the unique thing. And that's where you can learn. Yeah, that's so cool. Like the different perspectives, different backgrounds, different experiences. Correct. I think, yeah, you can create like a much more interesting or unique view on and make make your own opinions about stuff as well and build something really unique. Yeah, that's Correct. awesome. Correct. I love it. Now comes the favorite question. <laughs> you know, I, knew, I knew it. You're ready. You're ready with your favorite question. I'm, re I'm ready. I'm ready. No, uh, actually, I'm not sure. I, it started off being my favorite, but over the course of the podcast, we had so many great questions. So but I'll stick to it. What are your three key takeaways for hoteliers who are listening to this episode? So just if you'd have to take out the three most important points, what would they be? Build a brand around your consumer which means don't forget what they are. Put them central at every decision you make, right? You can make certain choices based around your bottom line and, and you know, your EBITDA and whatever. But sometimes those decisions aren't the smartest decisions when it comes to your consumer because they're the ones who, you know, really value what you do. Um, treat your brand like a human being, right? It has values, you know, it has a tone of voice. It really treat it like it was a person, right? Then you would value it totally different because then you'll see that there's so much more to it than just the way it looks or the way it sounds. It's also about the values. It's also about how it connects with others. So I would say that that definitely is it. And don't underestimate the value a creative brings to the wider business. And what I mean by that is, Again, it might spur from the recent conversation around this whole AI and, and, and me hearing things like, oh, but now we don't need a copywriter or, oh, now the, the copywriter can just put in something and get something out. 
And what I mean by that is, yeah, definitely go ahead. I say to every, you know, everybody who, who works at the company doesn't work within the, the brand, brand creative side of the company. I say, put in what you want because it's not only about what you put, what you get out, it's what you put in and you need a creative to input it correctly to ensure you get the right output. Right. And that's why I think creatives have such a different perspective that they can challenge and come with something unique for your brand that I think, you know, really bring them into other conversations you otherwise would not think about having them part of. Right. Ask them about it when you're launching a new product. Don't wait to brief the creative and come with, I just need a ad for this. Actually ask them about the product and you'll see that they'll probably come with something really crazy and unique for the product and add to it and actually brings a lot more value to it as well. So I would say that, you know, that, and can I have a fourth, a fourth one? Yes, sure. The, the, and, it's, it become, and I'm just going to reiterate it because I said it in the start, it's not about the, a brand is not about the font and the color. It's the full experience from literally the moment someone sees your brand or interacts with your brand for the first time from the moment they, you know, move on. Don't forget the brand shouldn't stop from the website, especially in the hotel industry. So, you know, that brand you've put on the hotel that needs to be felt when they come through the door of your hotel. And if you go through the door of your hotel and it feels like a totally different brand, then you're not doing something right. So good. Okay. That fourth one as well. I'm glad that we let you do the fourth one. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> no, that was awesome. I think, yeah, such a great wrap up. And like, I, I, one of the reasons why I love the three key takeaways part, because it's like four in this, in this situation, <laughs> but I think it's just like, there's so much wisdom that I think comes out in the, in those moments as well, where it's just like, it's such a cliche, but like the mic drop kind of moments. I, yeah, I just love it. And I think, yeah, I think all of that, what you shared was so good. I love, love, love also what you're saying about not just seeing the creatives as the executor, but actually like, you know, wanting to get their input and how they see things. And maybe there's a way that you can, you know, they have ideas on how to do things differently rather than just executing on a brief. So yeah, I think that's awesome. It's yeah. really cool. I'm just going to add one thing to that yeah, about the creatives. And I think that comes about because a lot of creatives within the brand industry, you know, they have seen and they're constantly exposed to so much more. It isn't just that Excel sheet from nine to five that they focus on or, or, or that one page on the website intranet or whatever, what a lot of other jobs do, unfortunately they have to get inspired to be able to excel as creatives. They have to travel. They have to connect with others. They need to look at other industries. They need to read. They need to feel. They need to watch. They get so much more exposure to, to, to things that inspire and grow and, and, and grows their mind because that is the only way that they can be successful at being creative. And therefore, that's a wealth of information and knowledge you can then get when you're thinking of how to build out your own brand and company. So don't forget that that's that wealth of knowledge that was right there use that for other parts of the business you know have them challenge that's great so good oh that was awesome i think this was such a great episode and thank you so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge and your experience as well i think yeah really really awesome no yeah it was it was a pleasure <laughs> pleasure no it's a pleasure again it's i get very excited about this like i say this is you know brand for me building brands is just yeah i mean i yeah I don't understand why not everybody wants to be, you know, leading a brand and building brands. I think that's what everyone should do in the world and would make the world a better and happier place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have to be super creative. And I sometimes struggle with the creativity part. I'm thinking like 
Sometimes when I have to write a LinkedIn post, for example, I'm like, Victoria, help me. I mean, you have to, you have to grow and learn in that area as well. Right. It, yeah. I think also just one point I wanted to mention just before we end, but, um, the fact that you mentioned community, I think is also something super important that I just wanted to like highlight again, because like you said, not being afraid to reaching out to others, scheduling a coffee. I think sometimes, you know, we are so stuck in feeling like, oh, we don't maybe want to ask someone or, you know, just stuck in our own bubble and just expanding that and saying, hey, reach out to someone in your network or someone new just to get new ideas, new kind of inspirational waves. I think that's super important as well. So thank you for highlighting and pointing that out as well. No problem. And always be open to the fact that you you don't know everything, you know, and that's also the thing. You're always learning. Everyone's always learning. That's very important that you need to be open to that. Yeah, that's so good. Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to do our little wrap up now for the episode. So yes, thank you so much for joining us today. And for those of you listening at home, please share your thoughts with us. If you think there's anything else that we've missed, or if you have any questions about any of the topics that we've covered today, please get in touch with us at welcome at hotelchamp.com. Make sure to follow Hotel Champ on all of your favorite social media channels. Stay tuned for more episodes in the future. Take care of yourself. Have a great day. And bye-bye. Bye.